0: This episode of the Productivity is podcast is brought to you by Health IQ. Health IQ uses science and data to secure lower rates on life insurance for health-conscious people like runners, cyclists, strength trainers, vegans, and more. To see if you qualify, get your free quote today at healthiq.com slash Vardy. And now, let's get on with the show. Welcome to another episode of the Productivityist Podcast. I'm your host, Mike Vardy, and this week on the show, it's about time. Well, most shows are about time, but it's about time that I had the chance to talk to the author of the new book, The Free Time Formula, Jeff Sanders. Jeff is a keynote speaker. He's the author of The 5 a.m. Miracle, Dominate Your Day Before Breakfast, which is his earlier work, but the new book is called The Free Time Formula, and I'm really excited to have him on the show. He's also the founder of The Rockin' Productivity Academy. And he's the host of the 5 a.m. Miracle Podcast, which is one of the most popular productivity podcasts on the internet, in the, on the planet. Uh, and every week you can find Jeff writing over at jeffsanders.com. We talk about a lot of things today. We talk about the free time formula specifically, but we also dive into a few more, a few more things related to getting up early and dealing with things, as well as health-centered and health-first productivity. So let's just dive into this conversation. Here's my chat with Jeff Sanders, here on the Productivityist Podcast. Enjoy. Jeff Sanders, welcome to the Productivityist Podcast. Well, thanks, Mike. Really glad to have you here. Um, You know, it's funny because we've crossed paths online, you know, like ships in the night or maybe in the early morning for you, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> but, but we never actually got a chance to meet in person until, um, and I mentioned this off the top of the show until we were, uh, I was in Nashville uh, in, in late 2017 where we had a chance to connect and we just, you know, it was good to finally have that connection. And th- then I found out that you've got the book, the new book that comes out, at- if you're listening to this like the day that this episode comes out, then you're also listening to the day that the book comes out, which is called The Free Time Formula, Finding Happiness, Focus, and Productivity No Matter How Busy You Are. So first off, why don't you, for anyone who doesn't know you, um, but if you're listening to this podcast, you probably dance in the productivity productivity circle, so you have uh, an idea who Jeff is, but Jeff, why don't you dive in and explain a little about who you are, and then and, and, you know, talk a little bit about your podcast and then let's start diving into the book because I'm, I'm really curious about what the free time formula is and how it can help people.
1: Sure. Yeah. So I have a podcast called The 5 a.m. Miracle and I have a book by the same title. So my kind of online experience has been based around that brand, uh, which really came from me deciding probably six years ago now uh, that I wanted to wake up early to get more done. Uh, which is kind of my life story of many years really dancing in, in the spaces of personal development and, you know, blogging and, you know, online business. But I never really had kind of my thing that I was like known for. a thing that I that I wanted to like really talk about and get into until I decided I wanted to run a marathon. And the best time to train for that was early in the morning. And so I kind of forced myself to become an early morning person. And then I learned so much value from that. That I decided to just build an entire like podcast and brand around that. So I talk about healthy habits and you know, productivity and ways to wake up and, and dominate your day before breakfast. And that's kind of my like focus now with my business is figuring out ways to make the most of your time, which primarily begins by waking up with a plan and really kind of jumpstarting your day uh, with intention. And so that's what I talk about quite a bit, which is just how to make the most out of the time that you have. Uh, so that's where the uh, my first book came from. It's where my podcast comes from. And I talk a lot of that kind of stuff. And uh, my new book that comes out kind of uh, takes that to the next level. So we can dig into that more now. But, uh, but really kind of my, my online story and journey uh, is really all about early mornings.
0: Now, I want to be clear to people who are listening here. They know that I'm a night owl. They know that I'm not, 5 a.m., I am miraculously uh, still in bed. <laughs> uh, you know, and able to get, so I think that one of the things that, that I, I like to stress, and maybe you can't, you can speak to this is that, you know, and, and I've talked about this with Hal Elrod before too, is that the elements of, of, you know, and you've got this blog post called the seven elements of productivity, like this whole el- series of, of essential elements of productivity, which I'll share in the show notes. Um, you don't, would it would it be fair to say that if someone really struggled with mornings, that they could take the elements of what you talk about, you know, as, as, as when it comes to 5 a.m. start times, that they could apply that to 6 a.m. or 8 a.m. or whatever? Because I think that can be a barrier to entry for a lot of people. They hear 5 a.m. They go, no, no way. I'm out.
1: Yeah, I think that's the the biggest problem with my branding is that that's, the 5 a.m. part is probably going to disappear in the future uh, because the answer to your question is that 5 a.m. is totally arbitrary. Uh, the mm-hmm. advice that I teach is not based on 5 a.m. It's based on intentionality and really saying, like, if I get out of bed at X time, here's my plan for the day. Here's how I'm going to make the most of the time that I have. And so in the book and the podcast, I'd say this all the time is that it's just, that's not required at, at all. Um, I think it's great. I think there's a lot of value to early mornings and there are some advantages to being out of bed before others are out of bed. But other than that, uh, your day is your day and you can craft it however you want to, as long as it's, it's intentional. I think there's a lot of value to be had with uh, the advice I talk about uh, without it being tied to 5am.
0: Let's talk about crafting your time. Cause that's my, my, my methodology is called time crafting. You've got, the free time formula, and I mean it, the element, the elements of, of that would would I guess involve crafting your day, right? Making sure that it, can you dive into this uh, the, the idea of the free time formula because people love systems, and and when they hear the term free, and then they hear a system attached to it, they're like, wait a minute, freedom and systems kind of aren't they incongruent in some ways? Well, it's a good question. I think that I for a
1: long time I kind of had that same perspective that. You know, my free time would just be things that would just show up randomly. And if I had a free hour out of nowhere, I'd be able to use it in some weird way. In reality, though, what I've learned over the last few years, especially, is that if you really want to have kind of time to yourself or free time or time that's not scheduled, you have to schedule not scheduled time. Like you have to be intentional about when you're not going to do certain things, and then when you are going to do the things that you haven't had time for in the past. And so the book is really based around this idea that we all have a lot more time than we give ourselves credit for. Uh, yes, we're busy. That's a big part of what the book is about. But really, it's about saying I, I have more time than I-, I I believe that I do. And with the time I have, here's how I'm going to make the most of it. I think a lot of the problems that I have seen with free time, especially, is that we have our free time has already been scheduled with habits, so we already come home from work and just watch TV, or we already kind of have our weekend plans set without realizing it. And so with the intentionality piece built in, you can rethink how your time is spent and replan it and then do activities that actually replenish you and give you more energy and then allow you to get more value out of that time that you have when you're not just you know, on the clock. And so the book really talks about how to make that possible
0: let's talk about this idea of health first you know the 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 idea of of looking at your health first i think a lot of people forsake the 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 idea of being healthy or having healthy habits to to kind of either kick off their day or even just pepper throughout their day so that way you know they can be truly productive because i think that's a lot of people tend to you know ignore that piece of the puzzle where where did you first off decide that that was the element that you wanted to focus on i mean the marathon i think is definitely plays a huge role in it but why is that continued to be something that you you um kind of uh you know prophesize and say you know like hey this is this is this is the way you should look at productivity let's talk about health first and then let's get into some of the other elements afterwards
1: well, I think for me, it really did begin with the marathon. That's when I first, I kind of, it was my mid-20s. I was really getting into you know, health and fitness and marathoning and trying to figure out how to be kind of just a more fit and athletic person. And it didn't dawn on me until a little later in the process that because I was taking care of myself with such intentionality there, that, it, that carried over into my job. I had more energy at the office. I had more enthusiasm for the work that I was doing. I had more creativity to be able to do more fun stuff. And when I saw that connection, that just dawned on me like this is the foundation for productivity is being as healthy as possible because I have seen the opposite be true as well. That when I'm exhausted, when I'm burned out, when I'm not feeling healthy, I can't get anything done. And it just is so clear every day that the healthier I am, the more I'm able to then produce and the quality of the work that I'm producing goes up, the creativity goes up, everything goes up and and improves if I'm healthy. And so I take a very like, hard line approach that health has to be my primary objective because I know that when that happens, I get the results I want. And so uh, the book definitely addresses this very head on uh, because it's become more obvious to me as I get older uh, that my health is it's more difficult to take care of myself today than it was, let's say, 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. So it's even more
0: important now
1: to make that my
0: priority. We're going to take a bit of a break here because I want but I do want to come back And talk about some of the things specifically that people can do to have more of a health-conscious approach to productivity. But we're going to take a break and talk about the sponsor for this week's episode of the show. So stick around. So we're going to take a break from the podcast now to talk about our sponsor for this week's episode The coupon will be automatically applied to your account and can be used when you're ready to subscribe. It's valid for new customers only. Give Plan to Eat a try today. Health IQ. Now, Health IQ uses science and data to secure lower rates on life insurance for health-conscious people like runners, cyclists, strength trainers vegans and more jeff should be all over this because with his free time formula and the health conscious the health first conscious approach that he has to productivity he'd be you know he'd be an ideal candidate in fact uh maybe he should go see if he can qualify so jeff and everyone else to see if you qualify you can get your free quote today at healthiq.com slash marty but there are people who uh love what Health IQ has to offer. So Jeff's a runner, far more of an elite runner than I am, but so is Ryan Hall, and this is what Ryan had to say about Health IQ. It's perfect because it's made for people like me with a healthy, active lifestyle. Now, the lower heart rates that many pro athletes have can sometimes negatively affect insurance rates, but Ryan liked that Health IQ used his active lifestyle as an asset in getting a good life insurance rate rather than it being a detriment. Uh, He also commented that he appreciated how Health IQ made the process easy and simple for him given how limited his time already is. So let's focus on that time aspect for a second because that set off alarm bells for me. The fact that Ryan was able to save time because it was easy and simple is is something that shouldn't be overlooked and it definitely shouldn't be undervalued. I mean, I'm a big believer in saving time and I'm a big believer in having life insurance. You know, I mean, you've got to protect your future. You've got to make sure that you you've got this, you know, ready for you in the event that you need it. And Health IQ makes that process easy and simple. I mean, one of the ways you can qualify for up to 33% savings is by taking a Health IQ quiz and scoring a leap. Again, to see if you qualify, get your free quote today at healthiq.com slash Vardy. Or you can mention the promo code Vardy when you talk to a Health IQ agent and you'll be well on your way. I can't stress enough the importance of being healthy and how that can affect your productivity. Jeff talked about it so far in this episode. and We get into it a little bit more as we proceed. But the fact that Health IQ puts you in the position to... Leverage your healthy lifestyle, that health conscious lifestyle, and allows you to save on life insurance rates based on your health conscious lifestyle, like a good driver would save on car insurance rates, is phenomenal. So, you want to take advantage of this offer now because life insurance companies, they calculate your policy rates based on your nearest age, not your actual age, and rates increase as you get older. So, you want to lock in the best rate possible, so get that free quote today. Head to healthiqcom Vardy to see if you qualify and get your free quote today. I'd like to thank Health IQ for sponsoring this episode of the Productivity Is Podcast. And now let's get back to the show. Welcome back, now Jeff. People are probably saying, this is great, you know, when it comes to the, this health-conscious approach and this health-first approach, but can you give some specific ways that people can, and without spoiling too much in the book, because obviously the book's going to have some of this in there, but some of the things that you've either discovered yourself or that you've others have kind of said, hey, I've tried it this way and this has worked, that will allow people to kind of dip their toe in and maybe even fully foster this idea of having a health-first approach to productivity?
1: Yeah, I think one of the things that I realized kind of in the last just couple of years was that um, I don't have to run marathons to be healthy. I think mm. for a long time, I thought, well, you have to do these extreme behaviors in order to get the results that I wanted. Thank and goodness. Just, exactly, right? You take like a, a sigh of relief there because what I saw was that Yes, when I ran marathons, I was healthier, but I also spent many hours a week working out like it's lots and lots of time. And most people just do not have that kind of time available. And so then my question, even for myself, was as my business was growing and as I was getting busier with work and and family and other things I wanted to do, how do I still make time for the health without spending, let's say, 20 hours a week going for a long run? And the answer came down to doing very specific types of workouts that I would get a lot of value from really quickly. Um, there's a variety of ones that people could choose from, and there's lots of ways to get healthy quickly. But what I have seen is things like burst training is really effective, which is basically like really high-intensity workouts for short time periods. And those tend to have a ton of value in like a 15-minute workout. And if you can do that like four days a week you're going to get so much more value than having done nothing. I think that's what most people tend to do is they say, well, since I can't run a marathon, I'm not going to work out at all. I'm going to skip all the workouts, which is, of course, not the answer either. So if you find something you can put into your schedule that you enjoy doing and that provides a lot of bang for the buck, that becomes like the, you know, the highest ROI workout possible, and then you're going to have the growth from there. And so I was, you know, kind of invite someone to start with, Things you love to do, uh, an activity you already enjoy doing, uh, but do so with some intensity uh, for a short time period, and see what that can bring you. Because uh, I always see so much growth when I can, you know, really dig into something, and then you know, burst trains is a good idea for that, or sprints, or you know, playing soccer for thirty minutes, like something that really gets you going. Uh, but then you can stop and move on, and it's incredible how well
0: that works. One of the things that you talk about, and, and I know that this is not exclusive to the book, but it's definitely something that I, I believe you highlighted in the book, is the idea that, you know, you can start today. I think a lot of people, and, you know, at this time of year, as we're not only recording this, but airing this, people have either struggled with these ideas of New Year's resolutions, or they're feeling like they're already behind in their goals, and guilt shows up, and then, of course, that could be the forbearer for shame. I, what are some of the things that, like, that you discovered along the way, when you're building, you know, not only your system, but just in your productivity journey that said, you know what, like new year's doesn't like January 1st doesn't have to be the day I start, nor does my birthday, nor does this. You could just start anytime. And when did you finally say, you know, this is it. I'm going to just start now and, and, and build from there. Because I think a lot of people do, they, they need almost like these waypoints.
1: Well, I think it's important to address that because I think for a long time, I was kind of under the impression that you know, the new year meant like this is the time to start over. But I I think it was sometime in college. I was having this realization that I didn't actually care about January. Like it didn't matter to me. Like when the new year came around, like it was fun to celebrate, but it didn't mean much for me in terms of my goals because I get inspired for things, you know, whenever I get inspired for them. Like it, it happens at random or whenever I'm really wanting to dig, dig into something. And so I realized a long time ago that I don't like the idea of waiting until January 1st to be inspired. I like to say, okay, where am I today? Whenever that is. And just what can I do to change my life right now? And so I tend to operate my life in shorter time chunks. So I might plan out the next couple of months. Uh, But even that for me doesn't work out most of the time because life changes so often. And so I like to think of my life in terms of just the next couple of weeks. Like what's my most important objective how can that become my priority? And then how can I change my life to make sure something valuable happens in a short time period so I get that quick win and then can build from there. And I find that that's so much more motivational and so much more, like it's easier to build from because you get that victory faster and then can grow even faster from there. And so waiting for an arbitrary date uh, can be effective in certain cases, but for the most part, if you want to change your life I mean, why not start immediately? Like I don't see a reason to wait And so if I can begin something today, I'm definitely going to.
0: And the thing about the free time formula, and there's seven steps to it, which I would like you to kind of touch on a little bit, is that it doesn't mention, you know, hey, pick pick a start date. Like it doesn't say pick a date that it's like the first step is analyze, which is, I think, part of that process is figuring out, okay, well, when, you know, when does this make sense? Like, where am I at? Can you walk through these seven steps, even just uh, in, in in a very uh, cursory way? Because obviously, we want people to pick up the book and read the book. There's only so much you can do in in a in a short podcast that would illustrate all the all the steps. But can, I, I like the fact that you've kind of first off broken it down. Number one, number two, it's not an acronym. So <laughs> I mean, <laughs> although a seven a seven letter acronym would be very very challenging to do. Uh-huh. Um, and then thirdly, it's just I mean, there is some there. There seems to be some flexibility within it, too, that allows for people to personalize it. So can you kind of touch on all of those things as well as di- like just um, mention those seven steps that people would have to go through to make the free time formula work for them?
1: Sure. I mean, and you're right with the idea that it's very customizable. There's no set way to do it. I and mean, You can skip steps. Like, There's no reason why you'd have to follow it in order. Uh, the point of organizing it like that is to make it as approachable as possible because nobody wants to take on a complicated set of steps. And so I make this as easy as I can. Uh, the first step is just to find out what's going on in your life. You analyze yourself with a self-evaluation, possibly a time audit, just some ways to figure out where am I today? And then once you know that, you can move into the second step, which is to clarify what actually matters to you at this season in your life. And then from there, you have kind of know some priorities. Um, I then dive right into the health first approach. So then it's kind of working on your physical health, your mental health, making sure that you have those uh, as a priority before you get into the work later on. Uh, the fourth step is to I call cut the nonsense, which really just means analyze all. All the things in your in your life, and figure out what never has to happen. Those things that we do every day that are silly or useless or not productive, and just cut those. Then we go into the fifth step, which is to actually schedule those things that do matter, the things you want to commit to for this next season. And then we go to a, a really fun kind of step six, which is to prevent future nonsense, which is to block distractions both from yourself and others, because uh, those things definitely you know throw us off track a lot. And then the final seventh step is to solidify your ideal rhythm. Um, I love the phrase crunch and release. It's one that I heard a long time ago that really is just like you dig into something, you crunch and kind of do a lot of work, but then you have a release and you step back and analyze it. And so the goal, of the last step is to get to that healthy rhythm where you're doing the crunch of the hard, important work. And then you have these breaks built in. You have the free time and the, a way to really see like, OK, here's my life now, a bigger picture. I can relax, take a nap, take a break. And then when I'm ready, we'll dig into the next season from there.
0: So what I I, I love this approach, by the way, there's a lot of real elements that that kind of Speak to to time crafting as well It's this idea of the, the fluidity and the flexibility is one. But I I, I want to ask about and you talk about this in a blog post about the Weekly Review 2.0, um, without calling it the Weekly Review because that's a David Allen thing. Uh, so we're just going to call it you know a, a a more um. But actually, you tell me what it's about. You tell my audience what it's about because I think that once you go through these seven steps or whatever whatever you know system or, or framework you're using is that we often get through all the steps and then we don't. if if things kind of fall through the cracks, we don't go back to that analysis or we don't go back to that reflection. So can you talk a little bit about that review or that reflection process that I imagine keeps this whole thing together?
1: Oh yeah. For years ago, I discovered David Allen's work and got really excited about that. And that's really built into my first book, The 5 a.m. Miracle. But what I have learned over the years is that if I don't pause to reflect on what's going on, it's so easy to get off track from my original plan And so it's really is kind of doing step one over and over and over again, like usually every week or more often than that uh, to analyze once again, what's going on now, what's going on now. And by asking those kinds of questions, I can figure out where I am in my, in the process of working on a goal, uh, where I am in the middle of the week, what's going on right now so that I can figure out, okay, these things are now completed. Uh, Here are the next things on my plate today. And here are the next few things I want to do coming up. And so that's what I do every week in a formal process. Actually, today is a Friday. I'll do that later on today. Uh, That's when I do my reviews. Then I look at my whole week and ask those kinds of questions. What did I do well? What did I not do well? And how could I improve for next week? And it's just so powerful to have that built in as a kind of foundational system uh, to make sure that if I want to change my life, I am reflecting on that consistently uh, to make sure that's still taking place.
0: So as we get close to wrapping up here, there's one thing I want to touch on that we haven't yet. And that's the idea of you you mentioned that you followed getting things done as, uh, you know, and I was an ardent follower as well. And, you know, I don't know. I got, I got a lot of blowback when I started to talk about my own frameworks. You know, when I started to talk about what was called the now year method it was actually initially called the now year formula. Now it's, then it became the now year method and now it's called time crafting because for some reason I like to choose things that sounded like something else. And I'm like, no, we need to make it sound so that people can spell it and say it and there's not going to be an issue. But, um, obviously getting things done has played a role in, in, in how you've, you know, how you've evolved. Why, why wouldn't you stick with using getting things done? What was the whole point of, of putting out, you know, what some people might call uh, a whole new system that either has elements or um, is just a complete uh, departure or even a partial departure from getting things done? Because I think that, that that's something that, uh, a lot of people, uh, you know, think about is why do we need another system? Why do we need another approach? What 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 what's the deal behind that? So it, it may be a tough question or a challenging question, but it's one I get asked. So I figured I might as well throw it your way as well. Well,
1: it's a great question. I think that the, the simple answer is that we're all different. And so having even a single system for you know, a lot of people is very hard to pull off. And I mean, there's no doubt that I love getting things done. There's a, there's so much in there that I still use today. It's mm-hmm. uh, very valuable. Uh, but because we're all different, and it's important to customize whatever system that you have to make it fit yourself. And so kind of the, what I teach in the, in the 5A miracle is different than what I teach in the free time formula, which is all different than David Allen's work as well. But there's elements of all of them kind of mixed together. But right. I also learned guys like Michael Hyatt and Darren Hardy and other people in the space that have done really important work. And I feel like what like who I am as a person and what I teach is just kind of a conglomeration of not only what I've learned, but also what I personally experience and then customize for myself every day. So what I teach is kind of like all of that mixed together. What is what stands out as the most effective, most helpful stuff that's going to really uh, help somebody else move forward, but also be flexible enough that they can customize that for themselves as well, because we all have different lives and different goals or in different seasons. But there are some core things that do work for most people. I feel like that's what I lean on is like what tends to work most of the time and how can I do that over and over again? So my systems are just like, all of that mixed together, what stands out is the best of the best, and then that's what I teach.
0: And I think that the, just to further that, is that men, people love mental models. I mean, you know, and they love hearing it from the voices that they trust. And you've, you've yes. built a very, very strong following. And, you know, I mean, again, we I would say that both of us have evolved in a lot of ways in, in, you know, I mean, but the things that get, got us to the dance in the first place, we'll never, I mean, we'll never forget. I've had people, uh, ask me like, well, are you forsaking GTD? No, I think David Allen's getting things done system is a strong system. It's just elements of it don't necessarily work for me as they might work for someone else. So I think for someone who has said, Oh, you know, the free time formula, what's going to be different from, from any of those other books out there. Um, it's the fact that you wrote it. (laughs) it's the fact that, you know what I mean? And, and, and the fact that there's going to be some, I mean, and, and what I encourage you to do is check out the, the, we've got the link to the show notes. You can pre-order. Well, at this point, you're not even really pre-ordering it, you're actually ordering it. um, And you can get, you know, I mean, I know that you've got the Academy and all that stuff. So if you, if you want to check it out again, go to, uh, you know, if you go to the, just jeffsanders.com, right? Jeffsanders.com. And and you can see everything that you do, the books, the podcast, your best of uh, the academy, uh, you know, all that stuff is right there, including a store, which I think has other things in it, too, doesn't it? it does yeah like like merch my daughter's obsessed with merch right now she goes "Do the people you talk to they have merch she's like 12 <laughs> 13 so she, she there's that you know yes and he's not a youtuber so there you go um <laughs> jeff uh where can people get the book other than at your website like amazon i guess it's going to be available in all uh in all bookstores and uh, both in brick and mortar and online right
1: Yep, Barnes and Noble, Amazon, uh, most uh, most countries around the world now are selling it in English as well. Uh so it's available in lots of
0: places. Awesome. Jeff, thanks for joining me today on the Productivity Podcast. It's it's been a long time coming and I'm glad we had the chance to do it. Definitely. Thanks, Mike. That wraps up this week's episode of the show. Big thanks to Jeff Sanders for joining me. Of course, you can hear about everything we talked about In our bonus episode, if you want, if you want to become a member of the Productivityist community, you can hear more. And that's going to Productivityist.com slash membership. And all the details are there. You get bonus content and a whole bunch of other things. So, again, Productivityist.com slash membership. And if you want to read the show notes, of course, you can do that at wherever you're listening to this podcast, including the podcast episode itself, which will be found at Podcast 185. So, it's Productivityist.com slash Podcast 185. And... If you want, you can't support the show. Let's say you can't do the membership which obviously is a, is, a, is a help because you become a member of the community, but you want to show other ways that you can support the show. You can do so in Apple podcasts, in any of the podcast uh, methods or, or apps that you're using. Uh, and again, ratings are great reviews are even better because podcast producer, John Polster, and I do check out those ratings and reviews to see how we can make the show better. So again, if you want to become a member of the community, you know where to go. And if you want to leave a rating and review, you also know how you can do that. Uh, again, big thanks to Jeff for joining me today big thanks to my producer, John Polstra, for putting this show together. And big thanks to my team for getting the show notes and the artwork and all that other stuff done so I can focus on delivering the goods in the way that I only I can, you know, narrating and talking to people and being the productivityist that I am. So until next time, I hope I see you then. I hope, you know, maybe I can't see you, but I hope that you pop by and give another listen. Uh so thanks again for supporting the show in any way you can and until next time I am Mike Vardy the host of the Productivityist podcast reminding you to stop guessing and start going.